Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Would you know that this time next week, your girl will be on the beaches of Florida trying to get married? Well, not trying. We will be getting married. Um, The latest update as of today is that David and I got our... Uh, marriage license. I kind of forgot that you needed a marriage license until recently. We've been stressed. (laughs) We've been a little preoccupied, a little busy with, you know, the U S government and visas and all the things that I forgot that I needed a marriage license. So, um, the good news is that we got it today. It took like five seconds. And in that moment it became really real that this is happening, that we're going to be married like within a couple of days. Um, almost a disaster. David almost saw the wedding dress. Well, okay. I guess technically it's not the wedding dress. Y'all know I have to have th- three weddings. <laughs> Y'all know I'm pulling a Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker because obviously um, we have to have like the legal wedding uh, here where we sign the papers and all the things. And then we're going to go to Florida and say the vows. And then In June, we're going to invite all of our friends and family for a big party, and that's the dress, right? But um, I wanted something nice to wear in Florida, so I was asking you guys. It was down between two different dresses. I was like, which one? I don't know because I'm horrible at making decisions. I really can't do it, Um, and I put it on my Patreon for you guys to look at and tell me which one you liked better to help me pick. And I don't know why. Like, what? Why was David snooping around my Patreon was my first question because like three nights ago, he came over and he was like, um, I almost saw your wedding dress today. And I was like, how? And he was like, on your Patreon. And I was like, why are you on my Patreon? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I think it was David really wants to be my business manager. He's a real one, you guys. He's the best. He's he's coming to BravoCon specifically because he told me that he wanted to take pictures and videos of me while we were there. And I mean, I don't know why he was just perusing around the Patreon, but thank God they were a little blurred out, so he wasn't able to see them. Um, but yeah, that's where we are. We're in the final countdown. You know, um, next week... There won't be a normal MPT episode on Thursday because I will be, you know, one day out from my beach wedding. I am going to be posting some things on Patreon in real time. So if you want to subscribe to Extra Pop, of course, you can always do so with the link in my bio. Now, before we get into um, the pop three and the deep dive, you know, I know that it's been such a hard week for everybody for different reasons. Um, But, you know, the majority of us are just, honestly, I process things really different from, I don't know if I even, if it's even different. Anytime something of this magnitude happens in our world or in our country, it doesn't really matter, but I like shut down. I become really honestly like depressed. I I don't like to look at my phone. I don't like to turn the TV on. I feel like a lot of us feel that way. And in this society where you're, you know, almost, almost pressured to be outspoken about things, which I do understand it's important. Um, but it's, it's just hard for me to do sometimes because of the way that I react to 
these severe and horrible and tragic events, I just, I really am feeling just like, like honestly heartbroken. And I know a lot of us feel that way. And um, I know you guys want to know that I care about things that are important in the world. And I do, you know, I don't just care about Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner and all these other things that we're going to talk about here in a second. I care about, you know, my, my Jewish friends and Jewish followers that are really struggling right now. Right now. I care about my Muslim friends and followers that are also really struggling right now for different reasons. So I know that we're, we're all feeling it. And God did not give me the gift of being a political commentator. And I know that. And I'm not going to act like that is my calling in life. I think that God did give me a gift of being able to um, entertain and connect and form meaningful connections and relationships, whether it be in an Instagram DM or, you know, you listening to this podcast right now. So that's what I'm going to try to do today. Okay. And it might be easier said than done because we're all distracted. We're all, I personally am all over the place with it, but I'm just going to try my best. And hopefully you give me some grace with that because after all, I'm only human, but I just want to let you know that if you're struggling, you're not alone. And I, I say it and I mean it. I love you like a sis. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into it. Pop three. Let's start with Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner have agreed to a custody agreement. So according to the Daily Mail, they will each get two weeks at a time with their daughters. Joe can take them on tour. Sophie can take them back to the UK for Christmas. Um, a rep told page six, after a productive and successful mediation, we have agreed that the children will spend time equally in loving homes in both the US and the UK. Uh, we look forward to being great co-parents. Now, this agreement came just four days into mediation with a divorce expected to speed up once custody is finalized. But does anybody else? I have whiplash from Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner and this saga. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm so glad that they can get things resolved quickly and amicably and move on and be the best parents to their daughters. But it's like, who on Joe's team got fired? However many weeks ago, who was it that was leaking the stuff to the press? Because it's like one second they were at each other's throats and with four days of mediation, they're like, oh yeah, we're, we're good. How did, how did that happen? And who's the rat? Who's the rat on Joe's team that needs to take this one on the shoulders and be kicked off the PR list? Or, or did Joe Jonas and his team just learn to zip it because the public were not buying what they were trying to sell about Sophie Turner and the ring camera and being a party girl or whatever. I feel like this has been a, the roller coaster of a lifetime when it comes to the the way this came out, the way it got ugly really, really fast, to the way it's somehow now being resolved really peacefully and fast. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen. With Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 
to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Life comes at you fast. I mean, it's a saying for a reason. Speaking of, let's talk about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. And that they've been separated for seven years. That's the story that Jada Pinkett Smith is trying to sell to us so that she can sell her book. I didn't even want to talk about it. I didn't even want to put it in the podcast because honestly, you have these celebrity couples sometimes where I feel like everything you learn about them is against your own will. You know, like I didn't, I, I didn't need to know anything about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. And it's, it's. Interesting, I guess, is the only word. They once were just this beloved couple who were couple goals, you know? They were hot, successful, had a cute and talented family. And now I feel like every time I see a headline coming from either of these two, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Like, what are they about to tell us now? And this one, a bombshell. So Jada is doing the sit-down interview with Hoda on Friday on uh, NBC. So obviously they put out this little teaser and the snippet that came out from it says in 2016, they decided to live separate lives, not a divorce on paper, but it was a divorce is what Hoda says. And she says, yeah, they've been apart since 2016. Let's just think of all that's happened since 2016. The entanglement keep my wife's name out of your mouth. The slap heard around the world quite literally because when the Oscar slap happened, I was all the way in London and I woke up and it was everywhere. So all of these things are happening when they're separated. And I have a few thoughts about that, specifically about the entanglement. If they were separated I don't know. I don't want to like put the blame on Will. I'm just saying this is my thought process. If they were separated and the story came out that Jada had this entanglement with August, I can't remember his last name, but like Will knows that the story is going out there and it paints her in the light of disrespecting her marriage when they really have an agreement of being separated. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's almost like, I want to say he he didn't protect her. I don't really know that he needed to, but it's just interesting that they let that story run wild and never said anything about being separated because it completely changes the narrative. Now, my personal opinion is that I uh, even a separation, I don't feel like people should be dating other people, but I'm kind of old school in that way. Um, you know, I believe vows are meaningful and you shouldn't be seeing somebody unless you're divorced. That's just my old school opinion. I know. Right. Um, but also the slap. 
I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, right? That he, that Will Smith got that angry at Chris Rock for making a joke at Jada's expense. Do I think the joke was in bad taste? I think probably you could say that. I think a lot of, I think, you know, the majority of comedians have jokes that are in bad taste, but sometimes you just roll with the punches literally and figuratively, I guess, in this sense. But it's like if they're separated and he still has this much like love and respect for her to go on stage and slap somebody, that's crazy. I don't know what. (laughs) I feel like I'm all over the place with what I'm trying to say because I truly don't know what to think. You know, and in this little snippet, she says that she wasn't ready to tell anybody that they were separated, which to an extent I understand, but seven years? You're not ready for seven years? <laughs> I can't. I just can't. She also says, couldn't go through with the divorce, not planning on getting divorced. I also just hate this story because of Red Table Talk. They're I think it was a Facebook show. Um, and it was the three generations. It was the grandma, the mom, and the daughter. And, you know, the whole premise of it was having these hard conversations. You know, they had Jordan Woods on it. They had Will Smith after the slap. But a lot of it was, like, about their relationship and maybe misconce- the entanglement they talked about. A lot of it was about, like, misconceptions in their relationship or how they got through it and their love and admiration for each other. And in order to come to a conclusion on what I'm about to say, I would have to go back and watch the Red Table Talks. But I I think in this scenario, like what is the line with them between saving face and lying? You know, like keeping their private life private and still having love and respect for each other versus putting out this uh, facade, I guess you could say, to the world that you're this power couple that can get through anything when you've been separated for seven years. You know? I don't know. Her book comes out on October 17th, which also is just like... I mean, I get it because when you're trying to sell a book about your life, you have to be a bit opportunistic, but it just does feel like that opportunistic to me. Let's. There's nothing like the feeling of being confident in your own skin. It's something that I have struggled with in the past, which is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best with no complicated routines, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. Right now, I'm using the OS1 Eye Topical Supplement to help strengthen and firm the skin around my eyes. So far, I've noticed it has improved hydration and improved firmness. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support the show and tell them I sent you because I love you like a sis. Move on to a little Scandival update. Um, Tom Sandoval was seen dancing with a mystery woman in a Nashville bar. Look, he's single. He's trying to be out there. My thing is like, 
Like, who are these women that want to get involved with Tom Sandoval? He was at Dirks Bentley's Whiskey Row in Nashville earlier this week, seen dancing with a brunette. And according to TMZ, the brunette was hesitant at first, hesitant at first, but the two became more involved as the night went on. Witnesses for TMZ mentioned the two eventually left the bar together, although their destination remains unconfirmed. And meanwhile, Kaleves on her Instagram story this week, selling stuff that reminds her of Tom Sandoval. So she went on her Instagram story saying that she would be selling some things that were triggering to her. She was cleaning out her closet. Some of those things include the Tom Tom sweatshirt, the lightning bolt necklace. Um, she said, I'm currently in the process of letting go, letting go of the things that no longer serve me anymore. And as I'm cleaning out my closet, I have found a few items that are a little bit triggering added that she no longer wanted to see them. She said that she's creating a fundraiser. All the proceeds will go to the National Alliance of Mental Illness because she posted this on World Mental Health Day. Uh, the high bid on eBay is currently over $2,000, um, I believe, for the necklace. Who? Who is doing it? Who is buying the lightning bolt necklace for $2,000? I would not want that bad juju around me. I also thought that the TomTom Tom sweatshirt was given to Andy Cohen. Was it not? Was there more than one Tom Tom sweatshirt? Was she making the Tom Tom sweatshirts herself while they were having this seven month long affair? Who knows? Who knows? But God bless them. Okay, let's do the deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram at Morgan P Talks, I open up the deep dive submissions to you. What do you want to talk more about this week? It comes from our girl, Maggie. Hey, Morgan. This is Maggie from Charlotte, North Carolina. For the deep dive this week, I need you to talk about the latest Love is Blind drop. There's so much to unpack. Would love to get your thoughts on the last two episodes. Love you like a sis. Thank you, Maggie. Love you like a sis. You know, I have conflicting thoughts about this season of Love is Blind. It is a hot mess. Truly. Like, out of the five seasons, it's probably the messiest season. But I love mess. So who am I to say that I wouldn't watch it because I would watch it? But these last two episodes, episode eight and nine, were definitely the messiest. And it all starts with this cast meetup that created a lot of a lot of arguments, a lot of fights, arguments from people that we haven't even seen before. It's like, who is this woman? And why is she yelling at Uche? We'll get to that. But the first argument is between Lydia, Uche, and Milton. It's mostly between Uche and Lydia. Uche is accusing Lydia of stalking him onto the show. And then Uche is also trying to warn Milton about, you know, potential red flags in their history. Milton, for being the youngest person featured on Love is Blind, is by far the most mature. Out of the whole entire bunch. I mean, you even have Izzy and Stacy fighting like ninth graders. What's wrong with your face? And then you have Milton, who's like, this isn't the Pythagorean theorem. This is like multidimensional calculus. We're all on different directional planes. What can Uche say to that? There's no argument against that. Milton wins the argument every time when he says we're all on multidimensional planes. And then he's like, yeah, dude, I'll text you in the group chat, bro. It's all good. It's all good. I was like, what just happened? You have on one side of the room, you have Lydia screaming, Milton, Milton, 
Milton, Milton, Milton. And then you have Milton like, all right, bro. Yeah, I'll text you in the group chat. See you later. And in that moment, I became a Milton stan. Milton for president of Love is Blind. Milton for host of Love is Blind. Can we be really honest, though? Because while Uche is unlikable, yes, I said it before, he's extremely condescending. The things he has to say about Lydia is alarming. And I'm just confused on why everybody is acting like it's not alarming. Like her taking a picture outside of his house, that's alarming. Saying, I see you. The fact that there is a possibility that she knew that he was going on the show and then went on the show, like that also is alarming. But the ladies are just like, no, she was nice to Aaliyah. So it's not a red flag. It's still a red flag. I think where Uche loses it with the viewers and with Izzy is their approach because they're per they are perceived to be belittling to the women around them. So even if their argument has valid points, the way that they approach the argument makes them lose it every single time because nobody's listening to you because you're demeaning and condescending. So change the approach, Uche, and you might have some better luck. And like I said, then you have Miriam who's just flying off the rails, off the handles. And I don't even know who this person is. It's like that Kiki Palmer gif who's like, I don't know who this man is. That's how I feel about Miriam. And honestly, I feel like Miriam was the one in the very first episode where nobody knew like where she worked, where she lived, what she did. And then Uche brings that up in this argument. I literally feel like they only put that first part in the first episode so they could reference it in this argument. <laughs> like They're like, Miriam, we don't need you for anything else. You might've fallen in love. You might've had a happily ever after, but we, we only need you for about 45 seconds and then you're good to go. Then you have Stacy and Izzy, who seem to be like delighting in making Johnny cry. You can have an opinion about somebody without making them cry, right? Like I said, this is a ninth grade gym class, you know, picking on each other. And I'm even saying this as not the biggest Johnny fan because I, I can't get a read on her. Like I, I don't know who really she is to her core, but still to say like, you're sketchy AF, what's wrong with your face to insinuate that no one likes you. It's just not necessary. It's not mean. And what is the ultimate purpose of it? What is the purpose of that? Is it to help Johnny become more self-aware of maybe the, of how she's perceived in the group? No. It's because Stacy is jealous and Izzy is scared of Stacy. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. It even, you know, they get back to the house and that's when it kind of boils over where Stacy admits, you know, you are kind of ignoring the fact that the majority of this issue is, is that it's Johnny. You know, she does say that. And I don't even know, like, I don't even know what Izzy's deal is, but he, he goes to the bathroom and he starts crying because he doesn't feel like he's ever good enough for her. He doesn't cook for her. He doesn't stick up for her. And she's like, I want you to be this passionate all the time. And I want you to always be afraid to lose me. Can I just say that's not healthy relationship to always be afraid to lose somebody? I mean, of course, you don't want to lose the person that you're with. 
But you also don't want that thought in the back of your mind. Like you want to be content in your relationship. You want to be happy. You want to just have the peace of knowing that there's nobody else. So also in these episodes, they go wedding dress shopping. Can I just say I'm glad that the Love is Blind producers or whoever are taking these girls shopping, they've upgraded the dresses. I could not get down with the dresses the past like, well, four seasons. They all looked exactly the same, honestly. So I'm glad we're kind of elevating the look a little bit. Um, Renee is there. Um, and she's in all white and they try to make it seem like Renee is just one of Lydia's friends. Renee is actually a participant. She did get engaged to a guy named Carter. Um, their narrative was cut. I did a little digging on these two on the Patreon on extra pop. If you want to learn more about their backstory, but I just like, like poor Renee, you know, I've seen little, blurbs of of her saying that production told her that uh we cut we cut you guys out because we know that your relationship was bad and toxic and we didn't want you to relive it that's either them actually taking mental health seriously or it's like the biggest cop out in the world you know like oh sorry we don't have time for you but we're gonna make it seem like it's in your best interest that we don't show your uh story but also we meet the parents. Stacy meets Izzy's mom. Lydia meets Milton's family. Milton's mom is like prepared with all the questions. His sister hates it. Milton's sister hates it here. <laughs> She's like, this is phony. This is fake. Why are you in my living room? And honestly, I can't say that I blame her. We have some other like really core arguments come up between the couples. In these episodes, um, Izzy and Stacy fighting about finances. And like I said, whether Izzy is living up to Stacy's expectations or not, um, there's this off camera argument that they have about Izzy's credit and lack of communication. And I hate when this happens. I hate when they have, I hate when they have fights off camera and we're left like trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together because the whole first like three minutes of this fight between Stacey and Izzy, I'm like, did I miss something? I'm like trying to rewind. I'm like, oh, I was scrolling on my phone during that point. Like what is going on here? But no, they just had the fight off camera and they didn't want to, you know, fake it, I guess, recreate it. Um, but it's about why Izzy doesn't have a credit card and that he has some debt. And he, as he says, debt that yes, he does pronounce the, the B in debt, which is also a choice. Um, but Stacy does not take that well. I mean, like Stacy's dad says, sometimes love wants to five first class. And this guy doesn't even have a credit card because he has bad credit to me. It's actually the biggest deal breaker for Stacy. Um, ooh, ooh, it's tricky because you could view it as being materialistic. You could also just view it as being realistic, right? Like if you are used to a certain lifestyle, you're not you're not just going to change your entire lifestyle to be with someone. At least I don't think so. You have to like compliment each other. You have to meet each other where you are. And first class Stacy probably isn't going to want to marry Izzy who can't get a credit card, you know? Milton and Lydia also on different multi-dimensional Minecraft fields as Milton said earlier when it comes to emotion. So Milton um 
Lydia thinks that Milton comes off as like dismissive of Lydia's emotions because she is very emotional. Um, he says like, you shouldn't get so worked up. You shouldn't get so emotional and adopt his less emotional way of life. Adopt his, I'll text you in the group chat, bro, you know, way of life. And, and Lydia, that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Do you know who you're engaged to? Do you see who you're engaged to? My dude, Milton. Milton. So what's next? Episode 10, the finale comes out this week. We'll see if any of the couples say I do. I mean, do you even want me to do final predictions? Because ain't none of them get married. Ain't none of them getting married. Not one. I think... Stacy will say no, and I think Milton will say no. And then we'll have the reunion, which they did announce it was coming out on Sunday the 15th on Netflix at 8 o'clock. Not a live reunion. Been there, done that, never doing it again. So at least we'll be able to watch it in peace. Okay. Last but certainly not least, another love is blind story. I do want to have a trigger warning um, because it is going to talk about sexual assault. Uh, there is a love is blind lawsuit right now that alleges sexual assault caught on video. So a former love is blind contestant, her name is Tran Dang, is suing the show, um, taking producers to court, alleging that fellow contestant Thomas Smith engaged in sexual assault. Although she raised her concerns with the producers, she says they were disregarded. So um, they got engaged on the show, but obviously they were not featured at all, not even in the pods. Um, the lawsuit says that he incessantly groped her, exposed himself to her, and forcibly repeatedly made sexual contact. Um, Tran says that due to the show continuously filming, the incident might have been captured on camera. On top of this, she's suing for false imprisonment, claiming she was monitored around the clock and restricted in her movement. Speak, uh, seeking over $1 million in damages. The show's creator and the production companies uh, involved dispute her claims. Both Dang and Smith were apparently excluded from the final broadcast of season five. I had a lot to take in. Very heavy. Obviously, you know, this is kind of, I don't have the, the legal bandwidth to, to comment on that. I will say that I don't feel like any other reality show has had the amount of legal issues as Love is Blind. Um, and, you know, obviously having never been on the show, having never sat down and had an in-depth conversation with somebody on the show, I can't tell you what does or does not go on behind the scenes. I think there's, um, I don't know. I mean, one lawsuit is like, okay. Two lawsuits, you're like, okay. Multiple lawsuits, you're starting to think there's a problem here. Some. Thing somewhere somehow needs to be addressed. And you have to imagine that Kinetic, which is the production company and the creator and Netflix, if this keeps happening, they are not going to want to continue with, with this show. The reputation will exceed the show and people, I mean, will people turn it off? Who knows? I mean, it, it is like a monster uh, of a show. I feel like everybody watches it, but 
just not a good look. I'm going to be following that story. Um, so if there's any updates, we'll do it on Extra Pop that comes out on Friday. Um, a regular Bachelor brain dump coming out on Monday. And if you missed it, you want to hear about Clayton and his paternity test results, about Gary and my prediction for him, also Bachelor in Paradise thoughts. That is on Bachelor brain dump. The link for the Patreon is below. Hello, it's going to be my wedding week. So leave me a review, a little love you like a sis. If not, I'll see you as a married woman. <laughs> this is my last show as a single girl. I will remember you. RIP to single morgue. I'll see you guys later. Love you like a sis. A Huda Media Production.